Coming to you live from Geneva, Switzerland, here covering the World Health Organization Human Events Daily. Massive, massive show today. We're going to give you all the updates from the WHO, the Global Passport, the new pandemic treaty, everything that you never wished was happening, but everything that you and your family need to know. But first, I want to tell you what's going on at TPUSA. So you can go to tpusa.com right now and receive your copy of the conservative response to the Great Reset for any donation, even as low as $1. We're putting together the docu-series right now here on location in Switzerland, moving across Europe, but the pamphlet will be available immediately. Go and click the link in the description. The other thing that you are gonna need to do is go to tpusa.com, and then while you're there, after you've got your Great Reset book, click SAS, Student Action Summit, and secure your tickets immediately for this massive event that's gonna be taking place in Tampa, Florida, July 22nd to 24th. Get your tickets with promo code POSO, all cap, P-O-S-O, uh, for 25% off. You will see the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, as, and I, I am told that a certain Floridian governor will be there as well. So go check the links uh, in the description and you will get all the access to these events and this information. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is May 25th, 2022, Anna Domine. Coming to you live today from Geneva, Switzerland, where the World Health Organization is holding their international assembly in the Palace of Nations in the hill just behind me. The building that you're looking at directly behind my shoulder here, this for the folks watching on the video side for the podcast guys, you've got to come in and check out this episode. What you're actually seeing here is the original headquarters of the League of Nations. It's known as the Wilson Palace. And we'll explain what that means coming up ahead. But first, today's headlines. What do we got? We're going to give you a day three recap of the World Economic Forum, everything that took place there. Next, we're going to talk about the World Health Assembly, everything that's going on and everything that they are working towards. Third, the Sussman trial. Yes, even from overseas, we're going to give you a full recap of what went on today in the Sussman trial. And finally, Alec Baldwin, back in the news, has yet to be arrested for the shooting death in, uh, in Santa Fe, but getting into an altercation with a passenger on a flight that's gone viral. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Russia invaded Ukraine. That has shaken Europe to its core. The invasion may have been the beginning of the Third World War, and our civilization may not survive it. Repressive regimes are now in the ascendant, and open societies are under, under siege. Today, China and Russia present the greatest threat to open society. So the World Economic Forum day three has ended. And of course, everyone's favorite Hungarian billionaire just delivered a keynote speech at a dinner that he was holding just last night. And so what we heard from Mr. Soros was a stark contrast from what we heard from Dr. Kissinger earlier in the week. Dr. Kissinger, of course, came out with a stunning speech, I think something that nobody at the World Economic Forum had intended to hear, calling for rapprochement with Russia, calling for de-escalation of the war in Ukraine, 
calling for calling upon Ukraine to sue for peace, even if it means ceding the territories of Crimea and Donbass, those being the territories that Putin had stated originally that he was focused on. Of course, obviously, they have been attacking, conducting operations across the entire country of Ukraine since the war has begun. Soros, on the other hand, took another tack in his speech. He said that the Western civilizations, Western civilization itself may fall if Putin is not defeated. And the only way to save civilization and save his project, which he refers to as the open society, is to stop Putin in his tracks and completely defeat him. So you've got two contrasting opinions coming out from two of the world's most influential speakers, certainly some of the most influential speakers at the World Economic Forum, both George Soros and Henry Kissinger. Two contrasting opinions. Which side will we go with? Now, what's interesting, of course, also to mention is that in Soros' speech, he talked about climate change. He talked about the threat of nuclear war. He talked about green energy. He talked about Ukraine. You know what he didn't mention anything about was his funding of district attorneys his organization's funding of those attorneys across the United States. Sir, can you please stop funding these pro-crime DAs in my country? Can you simply get out of the way and allow us to elect normal, law-abiding district attorneys that will bring charges against violent criminals? We do not want people that are associated with the World Economic Forum running the criminal justice system in the United States. What do we want to do? Antisocial, violent criminals should be locked up when they commit crimes and are convicted for those crimes, right? That's number one. But that's been the opposite under the DAs that were financed by Mr. Soros and, we, and Human Events Daily. We've already done. We've already done a hit on this. So another thing that happened, by the way, so of course, the latest update in, um, in our docu-series, um, having been detentioned as we're, as we're you know, uh, filming this docu-series, it's called The Great Global Reset. It's gonna be coming out on tpusa.com. As soon as we're done, we're gonna come home, we're gonna edit it. So we got fact-checked by Reuters.com. They came out and said, you know, just wanna make sure you know that the World Economic Forum doesn't actually have their own police. That's fact-checked falsehood, really, because myself and my crew, we're getting frisked by somebody, and that somebody who surrounded us with their semi-automatic MP5, 9mm, had patches that said World Economic Forum Police on it. Very interesting. They said, no, 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 no. What you see is that was a local police force that's been tasked to, right, tasked to the World Economic Forum Police. See, it's completely different. You silly human events with your silly little docuseries, with your silly little ideas about getting frisked, don't worry about it. That's just amazing to me. Reuters doesn't write up the story about us being frisked and detained. They write up the fact of who the authorities were for the badges. This is who these people are. They're authoritarians. They do not care when people have the freedom of the press completely and utterly decimated before their eyes. They care about reporting on the badges, not the people being detained. So we're over here in Europe, we're traveling, we're in Hungary, we're in Rome, now we're in Geneva, we're in Switzerland, we're in Zurich, Davos. And the one thing that I keep thinking about is the exchange rates, how it seems like the US dollar is going down and down and down further and further because inflation is going up. We know that Bidenflation is the real, the absolute real pandemic, and it's about to get worse. And that is why that I recommend that you diversify with gold and silver now. And the only company that I recommend is Allegiance Gold. 
My friends at Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver. They have it delivered securely right to your door. They will educate you on the benefits of physical gold because they care and want to build a long-term relationship. Allegiance Gold has the highest rating from third-party consumer protection agencies, five stars with TrustLink. They are AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance and have an A-plus on the Better Business Bureau. Get $500 of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them the POSO sent you. So do not wait. Click today. Go to allegiancegold.com slash POSO. We have the link in the description. We cannot control the Biden administration, but we can prepare. Allegiancegold.com slash POSO. As you know, there have been several reviews of the global response to the pandemic with many recommendations for strengthening global health security. They all recognize the need for better systems and tools, better financing, including for global public goods such as vaccines, better global governance, and a stronger, empowered, and sustainably financed WHO. To connect and underpin these ideas, I believe the time is right for an international treaty or other legally binding instrument to provide the framework for a more coherent and coordinated response to future epidemics and pandemics. So we're here in Geneva, Switzerland. We're just behind me, we're standing in front of the original palace, the Wilsonian palace that housed the League of Nations here in Geneva. We have the World Health Organization holding that massive international assembly, the World Health Assembly. And they are debating the instances of the IHR. Dr. Tedros just been reelected five more years, right? The guy completely mismanaged our system of a pandemic response during an actual pandemic, a pandemic for which we still don't know the origins because he didn't seem to be interested. So we went by the Palace of Nations earlier, we went by the World Health Organization uh, headquarters earlier. By the way, one of the ugliest buildings I've seen in my life. And I said, I can't do the show from here. I don't want our viewers to see that we can show maybe some B-roll of it, but I just, I needed to get away from it because the, the, it was just such, such a negative vibe, negative spirit around that thing. At least here, at least here, you have a little bit of a nicer aesthetic by the lake and all, but what's going on with this treaty? And uh, Senator Rand Paul last night, I almost said President Rand Paul, but maybe someday. Senator Rand Paul shared a link from the Brownstone Institute last night. And Senator Rand Paul, according to this institute, pointed out that they're talking about this treaty, not just in terms, not just in terms of the international health regulation, it goes all the way up to including, and I know this sounds far-fetched when I say it, QR codes, global IDs, certificates run by none other than T-Mobile and T-Systems. And you look on this and you say, that's, that's crazy. They're not going to be doing it. Oh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. So the plan is, according to Brownstone, that the treaty will be worked on for the next two years, originally proposed in 21. We've got Tedros talking about it. We've got the IHRs. Those are the international health regulations that were proposed in January 2020, excuse me, 2022, by the Biden administration. They're being discussed right now, just behind me in the World Health Assembly and we now are moving towards, by 2024, they're partnering with Deutsche Telekom. What is Deutsche Telekom? Deutsche Telekom in the United States operates under a different name. They operate under a name called T-Mobile. How many of you even knew that T-Mobile is a German company called Deutsche Telekom? They're partnering with the World Health Organization 
And just like when we were talking about Borla and Pfizer talking about these ingestible microchips that'll send information out to ensure your compliance, right, the other day, what are they talking about? Digital certificates run through T-Mobile that will go directly to your phone to create a global database of everyone who has received their vaccination and who has complied with their vaccination. And I said, that's crazy. This is, you know, you know, Senator Paul, I, I mean, I, I trust you, man, but come on, this is, this is crazy stuff, right? This is far-fetched. You click through, you go directly to T-Mobile's website with the little pink logo right there. And it says, we are proud to partner with the World Health Organization to establish these new vaccine certificates and what they call a trust network. Oh, a trust network. Well, who can you trust more than the head of the WHO and the head of T-Mobile sharing all your information and the tech companies and the cell phone companies out of Germany? Who can you trust more? It's a complete joke. You know, so the fact that this is Wilson Palace, it's actually Wilson Road right here, just down there is Port Wilson. Woodrow Wilson was one of the original globalists. It was his idea and his philosophy, not just the League of Nations, not just the ability of creating that institution, but his idea of a permanent state, an organic state that would grow outside of the constitution, outside of national governments, an uber state. It's a very German idea. An uber state working with the British to establish the original League of Nations that would exist beyond electoral politics and essentially be a form of global monarchy without, of course, using the actual phrase. This is what we're up against. That's who Wilson was. He said it in his own words. We talk about international attacks, but is there a chance or enough sophistication domestically to see hacks between parties? Michael, any comment on that one? I think and hope that everyone is working on their, supporting their candidates and winning the election. And so is it possible for there to be another Watergate-like break-in? Sure, hopefully people are smarter than that now, and uh, we'll leave that to good fiction reading. Absolutely. <laughs> so the Sussman trial continues. The trial of the Clinton campaign lawyer who lied to the FBI about the connections between Trump and Russia and also lied about the fact that he was working for the Clinton campaign when he reached out to the FBI. Now, all of this is going on back in the United States. I, of course, am in a little bit nicer surroundings than a federal courtroom in the United States. But of course, we're still paying attention thanks to the incredible work of Technofog. So make sure you go to Substack immediately and subscribe to Technofog. He'll let you know what's going on in this case day in, day out. His article is extremely extensive. It gets all into the weeds, the cast of characters, the players, it seems to be endless amount of names. But here's what you need to understand that came out of yesterday. The FBI, when they first received this tip off from Sussman, oh, by the way, did you guys see Elon Musk apparently is now tweeting about this. And he said, he said, um, Clinton campaign lawyer Sussman, hmm, sounds kind of sus, man, right? Funny, sure, Elon humor, but think about how many people got clued into this story just because Elon talked about it, because the entire mainstream media is ignoring this case, completely ignoring the fact that the Clinton campaign ha is on trial, criminal trial, criminal trial for lying to the FBI, and this is under the auspices of a special counsel, Council Durham, the grand jury. Because I remember when Mueller was the special counsel, we kind of heard that just a little bit on a regular basis from the mainstream media. Special counsel Durham, 
doesn't even get a message. So we have to say to Elon that we appreciate that he put that out because think of how many people are out there getting that information that never would have heard it before. What happened in the case yesterday? It's now been revealed that when Sussman made that tip off to the FBI, and remember this is about Alpha Bank, and it was this idea that Trump's uh, organizational computers and their servers were messaging or sending information, sending data between themselves and a bank called Alpha Bank in Russia. Here's the thing though, that data was spoofed, it was fake. It was made up by people who were uh, essentially working on behalf of Hillary or at least supporting Hillary. The FBI at one point gets the information and says, all right, they go to their higher ups, the agents, they say, we'd like to interview the people who made this report. We wanted to be able to talk to them. They can walk us through this. They, you know, they're handing us this white paper. We don't you know, know all that it means. FBI ha obviously has a cyber division. They wanted to know what was going on. So they said, can we interview them? Can we talk to the people who made this report? FBI higher ups said no. They rejected and rebuffed attempts from the agents who were investigating this thing to go back and look at the actual uh, sources. I mean, think of any TV show that you've watched, right, that involves the FBI or any law enforcement entity, right? In, in the TV version, they say, oh, we got this report. Let's go talk to the guys that made it. And then they, they go off and, you know, if it's the X-Files, it's Sigoli and Mulder, and they get told, no, you can't go. But then they go do it anyway. But that's not how it works in the real, real world. In the real world, when the FBI leadership says no, people say, well, I got to make pay grade. I got I to gotta worry about my pension. I got to worry about this. They don't do it. It never happens. They just run with it. So what happened here, what happened here is that the FBI, it seems, is starting to look a little bit less like witnesses in this case. Because remember, the government, the DOJ is trying to portray the FBI as victims of this elaborate plot, victims of these lies, victims of Sussman, victims of the Clinton campaign. But when you actually look at the actions and you lay out the timeline, they don't look like victims. They look like they ought to be defendants themselves because it seems that they went hook, line, and sinker on this. How many tips does the FBI get on a regular basis? How many terror plots do we see that the FBI knew the person and didn't do anything about it? On this case, they opened up something like 10 separate investigations into the Trump campaign or people involved with the Trump campaign. Why was this given so much scrutiny by the head of the FBI? And it's simple. Go watch the plot against the president. Go watch the amazing documentary by Amanda Milius. They will explain what goes through in full detail. This was not an investigation. This was an operation. She was someone who was loved by everyone who worked with and liked by everyone who worked with and admired. You've described it as a one in a trillion shot and the gun was in your hand. How do you come to terms with that? It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. How did a real bullet get on that set? I have no idea. So Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, who shot and killed a woman on the set of a movie last October, October. We're rapidly racing towards a full year since it took place in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Helena Hutchins was her name, Ukrainian, working on the film as a cinematographer, drew his gun, fired at her, killed her, and then struck the director, the assistant director, in the shoulder who was standing right behind her. Hits her in the chest, she goes down, hits the director. Now he's out complaining about this football player, pro football player, 
who got into an altercation uh, with an airline attendant, ended up getting into a fight. We don't know what started the fight. We don't know what's going on. But Alec Baldwin decided that he wanted to open his big mouth and talk about workplace violence. Of all people to talk about workplace violence, of course, Alec Baldwin is probably, this is like, this is like OJ Simpson commenting on a murder case, basically. Hey, I feel your pain. Yeah, you know what pain is like, OJ, because you're the one delivering it when you murdered your ex-wife and this, um, this restaurant worker, Ron Goldman. What's happening with Alec Baldwin here? It's a situation that I've talked about before. It's not hypocrisy, it's hierarchy, right? There's one set of rules for the elites, and there's one set of rules for everyone else, just like here in Geneva, just like here we are hobnobbing with the elites, right? But actually, they get to go and walk around and film, and the New York Times is no problem, but we, we get detained over it. We get locked up. We get this behind the building, me and my crew. We're the ones who suffer with that. Everyone else, perfectly fine. Alec Baldwin shoots and kills a woman, faces no repercussions for it whatsoever at this point. Why? Because they protect him. He's a protected man. He's a protected operative for the elites. He's the guy that used to go on SNL and play as Donald Trump. He's the guy that does all the podcasts that supports them through every single one of his movements, sits on these boards. Here's what it comes down to. You're worried about gun violence, Alec Baldwin. You're worried about workplace violence. How about you take some accountability for your own actions? And, you know, thinking about this, thinking about this situation, because we all know, by the way, that even prior to all of that, what is Alec Baldwin known for when it comes to interacting with people? He is someone who always snaps. He's someone who snaps when it's pop, whether it's paparazzi, whether it's somebody, uh, whether it's his daughter who's calling him and he's uh, screaming at her on the, um, the answering machine, right? Alec Baldwin is a guy who snaps. So this was the Viva Fry Tim Pool theory. Is it possible that in a moment of white blinding rage, Alec Baldwin snapped? pointed the gun at her and pulled the trigger on purpose. If it was anybody else, if it was anybody else, I would say no way it's not possible. But with Alec Baldwin and the fact that he can't even examine objectively his own actions, have one modicum of self-awareness, the same way that nobody at Davos or the WHO here has any self-awareness whatsoever because they don't need to. They live in their bubble of luxury. They get Elysium. They get the greatest sights, the greatest foods. You, you get to live in a pod, eat the bugs, and strap yourself in to Metaverse for the rest of your life. All right, and that wraps up another episode for us, Human Events Daily, reporting for Turning Point USA. We're out here in Switzerland. We've been covering the World Economic Forum. We're now in Geneva covering the World Health Organization, the WHO. We're putting together a grand docuseries on this called The Great Global Reset. It'll be available up at tpusa.com. There's also a pamphlet at tpusa called The Conservative Response, The Great Reset, that you can get right now for any donation, just simply go up there for even as low as a dollar, you get the book, it comes directly to you. How to respond to the Great Reset. And we're up here finding out what the elites are up to. 
But remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your home for us. Share this out with one, just one of your learning friends and leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What do we talk about today? We covered, of course, the day three updates, the World Economic Forum, Kissinger, Soros, which side will we come down on when it comes to Ukraine? We covered the World Health Organization, digital global passports, working with Deutsche Telekom, aka T-Mobile, to institute this. We talked about the latest updates in the FBI Sussman trial. And finally, we got into Alec Baldwin and his insane actions and the fact that he's yet to receive any accountability for them. Huge show today. Stay tuned to Human Events Daily. We are coming out with more information on location than anybody else out there. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. You know, we were in Hungary last week, very close to Poland. Today was the day that we lost a Polish hero, Witold Pileski. Pileski infiltrated Auschwitz, reported for two years inside there as an intelligence officer, voluntarily um, infiltrated it, sent reports back about what was going on, the atrocities in Auschwitz, escaped, fought in the resistance, then fought in the resistance to the communists under the USSR, was executed on this day, 1948. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to let it short.